Hi, my name is Gabe. I'm Evie. And we're your host for Train Up a Parent. And today we're going to talk about <laughs> what is the most impactful influence over your kids' lives. Yep, in our child's life, who has the most power of influence over our children? That's what we're going to be talking about. That's right. So you, um, so we have these prayer sets that we do five days a week uh, in our ministry, Refuge City slash Global Mission for Christ. It's two in one. We have actually emerging ministries uh, coming together. Quite unique. Uh, it's actually an African church. An Af- African flair. Yeah, an African church. And then us <laughs> I love the vibe. As a house of prayer and a church community. And we're all coming together as one, Refuge City slash Global Mission for Christ. It's a uh, beautiful thing, especially in this day and hour where there's mm. so much division, especially amongst, you know, just, you know, people talking about racism and all of that type of stuff. But uh, we get, we're experiencing something completely different. God is just doing some awesome stuff, unifying uh, his bride together. And uh, we get a small piece, but it's a fun piece because this is like completely cross-cultural. Um through the ministries that we join together. And uh, part of what we do, one of the main things that we do in our ministry is a house of prayer where we have live worship and prayer that that goes on uh, 18 hours a week right now. And the goal is to get up to 40. And so we do 18 hours a week every morning and just about every evening and do these two-hour live prayer sets. And so you were at one last night. I did one this morning. It was It was good. But you were at one last night with Isaiah. Yeah, it's very rare that I get to go to the prayer set alone because I'm busy with training my disciples here, my children, and keeping up with the demands of the home and homeschooling and everything like that. But Monday nights or at least one day a week, I usually make the prayer room a priority. And And I stay home with the kids. Yeah, it's great. And I like that too because I get my time (laughs) with them. And so last night I got to hang out with Isaiah, my oldest son, who's 18, and his friend Coleman, who is 17. Mm-hmm. And they're, he's still in high school, actually. And I just immediately, as soon as we started the worship set, I was singing and we were just focusing on worship and the word where we're just spending one, like spending time on one passage. Yeah in scripture and just meditating on it singing about it singing it and praying it over us and so last night we spent time on psalms one and i just felt it was very impactful for me just being isaiah's mom and he's leading us in Mm -hmm. the throne room and the presence of the lord and i just felt god's presence so strongly it was so refreshing it was so encouraging that i had to even like after the set was over i had to pray for mm. Coleman and Isaiah, just the power of influence that they're going to have yeah. over this future generation. Yeah. They're going to be lamps, a city on a hill, shining bright for the king. And I was just praying that as they are um, growing in their walk with Christ, that they're just radiating yeah. and um, being such an influence on this culture yeah. and not falling I mean, prey to... to being swayed by this culture, but really standing for righteousness. Yeah. It's just such a amazing thing. They're 18 and 17 years old. In fact, most of the, most of the people that do the prayer room, um, meaning that they lead worship sets or they prayer lead or some committed in some way, most of them are like right around 20. I mean, that's like the average age. And the time slots, it it was a two hour time slot where we're just focusing on the Lord, praying and worshiping. And 
I just felt the Holy Spirit's presence the entire time. And we were just going after him and pursuing him. And it was just amazing and encouraging to me that Gen Z, these Gen Zers are pursuing the Lord with all their heart, soul, and mind, putting the greatest commandment first, going after him in diligence and spending two hours off their phone, not entertained and just going after Jesus. That's what they're entertaining. God. So it was so encouraging to me. Yeah. And it's, it is super encouraging to think because at 17, 18 years old, I don't know where you were at, but that wasn't what I was wanting to spend my time doing necessarily. I did love Jesus and I, I was, I was a musician and I did love worship, but I didn't have a concept really of two hours of, you know, we're just going to stay here for two hours with a group of my friends or some of my friends. And we're going to go, we're just going to worship. We're going to do this on a weekly basis. No one really else in the room, maybe a few people, but you know, that it was a, such a different paradigm shift. I led worship, you know, when I was a young kid, um, but it was for, you know, the church services. So gosh, if you led and there was no one there, it's sort of like disappointing, you know, or like, yeah, no, people. there was one but, other person in the room right. as we were, worshiping jesus like in a sense we're rising there's one other person in the room so we're doing it primarily for just to lift jesus higher in stone mountain and to let incense arise our prayers and worship just arise unto him and it was actually such a powerful time yeah and i'm so grateful we're going to talk about influences over our children's lives and the most impactful and we're going to get to that point in a minute but i just want to add this piece to it that being in a uh, uh, Christ-centered, presence-centered community is so vital, I think, to to the influence of our for our children, and of course, for us as individuals as well, to pursue God wholeheartedly. And I want to encourage you to find that, to find mm-hmm. a find a church or find a community. Even if you a don't house have church, that, if you don't have a house right, church. Right. Even find, a house church. Yeah, even a house church. Gather friends and just spend time worshiping the Lord. Spend time in His presence. So that's a presence-centered atmosphere where people are coming together on a regular basis. That is such, I mean, honestly, in Christ is probably the greatest influence um, on all of our lives. That's where everything centers on. But um, outside of that, the other piece or the the thing that that has the most or the people that have the most influence on our children is us the parents surprise (laughs) who would have known who would have guessed but it's it's so i mean obviously this is a very true but the reason we want to hit this is because i want to spend this time to encourage you as parents to be intentional with your influence over your kids and that's not, I'm not saying influence, like controlling your kids, but mm-hmm. influencing, influencing them. And, uh, but before we do that, I want to just give a broad picture of the whole purpose of family. What is the purpose of family? Why did God create the spousal relationship? Why did he create the parent-child relationship? And I want to give vision for that, because if we don't have vision for that, then we sort of just feel like, you know, we might just think it's all about just procreation and you know, so we're not lonely in life and, you know, no, we get things done better together. I don't know. And we sort of have like, we can, may have this lower view of what is the whole purpose of marriage? What is the whole purpose of that marriage multiplying into other little human beings who will grow up and leave their home and join another? And this is it. This is it in a nutshell, that it's the image of God is being expressed through each of these relationships. Mm-hmm. The highest relationship is the marriage relationship. I won't go into that completely, but it has to do with a covenant where two come together till death do us part. 
Like, Evie, you and I are going to be together forever till death does us part. Does us part. I don't know if that even makes sense. <laughs> do us do us part. <clears throat> and that is a picture of Christ and the church. Of Christ and the church coming together together forever till death do them part, which death no longer has reign over those in Christ. And so it's for an eternity will be one with him in love coming into knowing one another, being equally yoked with him. And so there's that image of God between us and God, humans and God. And then the the parent-child relationship is, of course, the expression of God, our Father, and we, his children. And and that's how we are to relate it's, uh, uh, with our children and with our spouses is in that manner, by the knowledge of God. That's what Ephesians tells us with husbands, that you lay down your life for your wife as Christ Lay down his life for the church. And wives, you submit as the church submits to Christ. And fathers, do not provoke your children as God the Father does not provoke us, but he's good to us. He nourishes, cherishes, all those type of things. So those are, of course, all of my words. But you get the drift. And so that's that's the whole point. And so what are we as parents trying to do? What's our influence meant to be and meant to, co- meant to influence our kids into? To knowing God. Mm-hmm. It's more than just our job as parents is more than just educating them, feeding them, giving them shelter, and you know, hoping teaching that they, them how to be polite. Yeah, teach them how to be polite, be respectful citizens in the earth. We are actually called to influence them to love Jesus so that they can do what I just described. And hopefully that's what we are doing as parents. Yeah, I think a lot of times when um we have that regular devotion time. They not only <laughs> hear me, but they see it displayed. They see me on the carpet with my face on the ground, like, God, I need you. They see me dancing before the Lord in praise. And when, when we have oh, all the time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm missing those. We partay in devotion time, okay? I don't get all the devotion time, so I'm missing the good ones. So <laughs> they, I mean, they they not only hear me talk about it, that they see it yeah. in action during our regular devotion yeah. time, and hopefully, they see you in your prayer closet, mm. even though you might be trying to hide from them. They know <laughs> that you might be in your prayer closet crying out to God because. He is our source of strength. And hopefully we are in that place where we are relying, leaning upon, depending upon him, weak and poor in spirit, broken and needy to where we yeah. are continually placing ourselves before the Lord, not just going through the church, mundane motions of yeah. being religious and, and trying to be a good human being right, as we right. talked about, but hopefully we are pursuing God in our own personal lives on a day in and day out basis that they can grab a hold of That's for right. themselves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Our children will only be as fiery for Jesus um as we are. You know, if we um living in lukewarmness and sort of just, you know, floating through life or floating through our relationship with Christ and you know, Christianity. Letting those other things, those lesser, lesser things, which I'm guilty of, those lesser things take preeminence in our life. Those distractions of the to-do list, well, the it's chores. Even, it's not even that. It's not. It's not actually not that. I'm not talking about. I'm just okay. talking about a heart that's not on fire. It's just like yeah. lukewarm. Okay. It's not going after um, God wholeheartedly. Um, you know, those who you know, what will end up happening is that our kids will end up probably pretty cold. 
not even lukewarm. They'll just end up cold, not wanting to serve the Lord because there's not much there for them to see there. They didn't see much reason why they should. But if we live fiery before the Lord and yeah, we may have things that he's constantly doing in our lives and we're constantly like just coming before him saying, make me more like you and, you know, just have a hunger for him. What will end up happening most likely is that our children will become even more fiery than we are. Mm -hmm. And that's the influence that we get to carry in their lives. Now, of course, it's not across the board. Every human being, every child that, that grows up to the age of reason, they get to make their own choices yeah, ultimately. For themselves. And so we can't dictate ultimately what they're going to do. You might live fiery for Jesus, uh, but maybe your spouse doesn't. And so that's going to play a role into it. Or um, you may not, maybe you grew up without parents that even knew Jesus or they were lukewarm. And then you grew fiery because you had an encounter with the Lord. The Lord has sovereignty over those things, but it still doesn't take away, you know, our own influence as parents over our children. We are the greatest influence over our children more than sports stars more than uh, music entertainers more than teachers coaches we carry that role and what we don't want to do is abdicate that role to those other people because they don't care for our kids like we would care for them like we should care for them and we want to influence our kids uh, positively and for the Lord and I think sometimes if we're not mindful and intentional, we can kind of, like as you were saying, coast through life without being intentional to even right. share those things of the Holy Spirit with them right. and encourage them in their walk with the Lord, take time out with them to just talk about even the things of God, living out the Deuteronomy 6. Right. And so it really takes intentionality on our on our part as well as modeling it. Yep. Every day. Yeah, and that's that's the main thing is I want to just we want to just stir you as a listener to just be pursuing God wholeheartedly cuz that's that's really it. It's just we don't want to be floating by even if we have good intentions if we if we just sort of like go through life without an intentional pursuit after the Lord and intentionally wanting to influence our children to love Jesus in that manner, then uh, it just won't end, end up happening. And that's that's the point that we sort of have for this episode is that by the end of it, you're saying, man, I, I, whatever level you're at, you're like, I just want to go deeper in the Lord and whatever level, whatever ages your kids are, you're like, I want to stir them to go deeper in the Lord as well. Uh, it can be easy to, I think at a certain age, and we've seen this with the different stages of life, you know, when they're, when they're small and young, they, they basically need us all the time and they demand our attention, like up until middle school, maybe, you know, middle school. And then definitely in high school, there's like this shift where they don't need us at all. And in fact, sometimes they don't even want us around or they like not. But you know what? Us. I make, if they try to hide in their rooms, I'm like, everybody down here, we're all <laughs> hanging out. Too bad. You can't. You can't leave for too long. No, you're going to be around us. Right. You're not going to escape in your room. <laughs> you're going to leave the coop and then we won't have you at all. But it's easier, I think, at those ages and those levels, middle school to high school, to sort of allow like, okay, because I, I don't know really how to relate with them. They're sort of on their, doing their own thing. And the, the they relationship They might be annoyed changes. by you as a parent. <laughs> and this is where... Come on, mom. <laughs> right. This is where um, the our influence towards them needs to be even even greater, more intentional, I could say it that way, more intentional, mm. because this is when, again, those 
other influences outside of us as parents are going to be coming in the strongest. Again, that's in the music. That's in the, maybe it's, like I said, sports. Maybe it's the boyfriend-girlfriend thing. Um, You know, again, teachers or coaches who all have influences, some positive, some negative. But none of them are going to have the same love and intentionality that you and, like me and you, will carry for our kids. They will have, at some level, you know, there's going to be some level of selfish intentionality and especially those who are the entertainers and those who are the, you know, the, the, the music areas and all, all that type of stuff where they'll produce stuff that can actually be very harmful, but they're doing it and it's influencing kids. And, you know, I've heard people say this before, uh, just entertainers and music artists that, you know, aren't you, you know, people asking them a interview or something about, uh, you know, but their responsibility of, the generation, you know, they're saying terrible things. Their, their, their content is just horrendous, just t- terrible. But the young people are eating it up, and they'll say stuff like, "I'm not responsible for that. Like, I'm just making music or art or whatever. What people do with it's on them." And um, that's not necessarily the case. Jesus actually has some very strong words um, concerning, and he does not mince his language when he talks about those who stumble the young. And those who, he says that those, anybody who stumbles one of the young ones in him, he says it's better that they would tie a rope and a cement block on their neck and jump into the ocean, jump into the sea. God. <laughs> he says it's better that doing that than the day they're going to meet him. Because Jesus is, is passionately in love with each human being. And those that lead others astray influence them to go astray. He doesn't, he doesn't wink at, nor will he wink at. And um, I, I don't know why I just went on on that, but I think just the importance we got to understand and see that that the influences that the world has, the world is on it on our kids nonstop. They're after them because they get the money and they get the fame, they whatever it's going to give them. So this requires us as parents to also be intentional with influencing our kids for Jesus, influencing our kids into loving God um, on a continual basis as well. And that may seem overwhelming, but you know, we got 18 years or so to really do this and to do this right. And so let's just give it our best. I also think that this hour, this season of life is really crucial. We could be closer to the Lord's return than we think. Well, yes. yes. <laughs> and I mean, our generation, I mean, could very well see, or this next generation could very well see the coming of the day of the Lord. Mm. And it's... It talks about living with that type of mindset. We want them to be equipped and empowered to stand firm in the face of persecution, yeah. afflictions, trials, Temptations, anything that, that comes. Stuff. I mean, it could very well be in our lifetime or our children's lifetime that Jesus comes back right. and we want them to be ready. We want them to be sounding an alarm in a generation that is swayed and caught up in sin and the ways of the culture and right. we just want them to be a voice in this hour and and you know as the saying goes you know as the parent goes so goes the child i'm not actually if that's the actual saying but something like that you know they'll say like mother like daughter like father like son right and it's sort of we take on what our parents have given to us whether it's good or bad and i'm not talking about just traits like natural traits i'm talking about like values and passions and those type of things that we have such a great influence over our over our children 
And that's both for good or bad. And we ultimately want to use it for good. And where we used it for bad, we just repent and God turns that around and uses it for good. Because when they see us repent, they're like, wow, it encourages them. We've talked about that before. Yeah, more than just not doing this thing or not saying this thing or whatever, a list of do's and don'ts. The main key ingredient that we want them to catch, that we want to influence them in is knowing Jesus and going after him wholeheartedly, pursuing him relentlessly every day. And that is ultimately what we want our children to catch from us. That's right. You know, um, scripturally, there's there's a number of scriptures that show this in the Bible. What one that stands out to me is in Second Timothy when Paul's commending Timothy's faith and his sincerity, and he points to Timothy's grandmother, who was Lois, and his mother Eunice, and saying because of their faith and their sincerity, he had been so influenced that he carries now that same, if not more, faith and influence, uh, faith and sincerity in God. And he Paul points at the two generations before him. And it was his mother. We don't know where his father was at, but Paul's noting like your mom was on fire and your grandmother, she was on fire. Timothy keeps stirring up the gift that's in you. You're a, you, you got a flame of fire in you and it's been handed down to you because of their influences in you. And that's just the power of the influence that we carry as parents. And I love that because there's also the grandparents uh, influence um, that, that we could see in there as well. And I also see that firsthand with you. Yeah. Like your parents would always tell me all the time that there goes dad bringing some homeless people in the house again from taking care of them and just giving to others, extending their homes to others, letting people in their homes. And I've seen that firsthand from you. You have that same heart for people in need and homeless people. And um, it does really go down from generation to generation, that same compassion that your dad has. I've seen it in you firsthand. Yeah, it's actually one of the greatest things that a child can inherit is the parent's godliness or the parent, Mm -hmm. should I say, the parent's surrender and faithfulness to Jesus. And I really do believe that, you know, again, it's like if we live lukewarm, they'll probably end up being completely cold. If we live surrendered to Jesus, passionately pursuing him, they will go the next level of that as they get older. It's not like just even equivalent. It's it's either a double positive or almost a double negative. And another area we see that in the scriptures is actually in the Kings in the Chronicles where mm-hmm. Israel had the, these Kings. And if you know the, the story of Israel um, and the old Testament, you'll, you know, you may have read through the Bible or whatnot, and you'll notice, like, it'll talk about these different kings, and it'll be like, one king rises up, and uh, he did evil on the side of the Lord, and then he does a few actions, you know, they tell a few of his high points, low points, and then, like, he rested with his fathers, and then his son came up, and then he did evil on the side of the Lord, just as his father had done. Mm-hmm. And it continues on that way, both in the good and in the in the bad. And so you see, like, the set of kings over, over Israel, that many of them, there was they end up falling away from the Lord and their children would rise up and become the ruler of the, of the nation. And they would fall away from the Lord. And then you have the Kings of Judah who were many of them. Um, it was sort of a mixed bag, but you get a lot of them that would follow after the things of their father. And a lot of times they would point back to David. Like David was a man after God's own heart who followed 
God relentlessly. He wasn't perfect, but he repented and he would turn to God for help, turn to God for salvation. And the his sons and his grandsons who would follow in his footsteps, it always points back that they would do as their fathers did. So they would follow the, the ways of God as their father so-and-so did. And, I, and, you know, I think actually what it's showing us there, again, is the influence of the parents. And you might think, well, I'm not a king. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a royalty. But, in fact, we are. We are a royal priesthood. And we God has given us influence over a certain area of the earth. And he's given us influence, of, I like to call, over your our, do, our domain, those things that we have direct influence over is what he's given us to be a blessing, to bring life, to bring growth, to bring his presence and his image into that area. And um, we, just like the kings of old, can influence our kids either to follow God wholeheartedly, get rid of the bales, get rid of the things that the culture and the rest of the world is doing and, and set up the what ends up happening actually with those who follow after God, they continue to set up the place of the tabernacle where they'd all meet with God and they go and pray. And um, so there's like this image of actually like house of prayer type of reality where they set up the presence of God as being the center of, of what they did. And then literally like revival breaks out and then the next generation would come and they would either do likewise. And sometimes as they begin to fall, the kids would turn suit and they would fall even further. And every once in a while, God, you know, he, again, has sovereignty and there's some he'd point out to pull out of the muck in the mire. Um, and then there's some with a good, as a good father and a good king, and they would fall away and do something bad. But again, the point is overall, we carry such influence in our lives. And we just want to encourage you as parents to just give it all you've got. It's going to be worth it. You might feel tired. You might feel worn out. And you know what? If you do just turn to him, go find a friend. And what we hope is to, as you listen to this, you can find some sort of, ah, oh, there's others who go through this as well. And today, we just really want to stir you and stoke that fire and flame in you. Yeah, I want to end by praying for parents out there who are listening and that we would just be hungry and thirsty and <laughs> running after God wholeheartedly. So, Lord, I just thank you for parents who are listening right now. God, I just pray that you would fan the flame of love that stir up hunger and passion for your son, Jesus, that we would put you as first place in our lives, that you would have preeminence and Lord, you would rule and reign in our hearts. And God, I just pray if there's other things, Lord, that are just taking our time or distraction, Lord, that you would weed out those things, that we'd be able to full-heartedly give ourselves just in pursuit of, of you and knowing you more in the name of Jesus. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in and joining with us today. We hope this was encouraging for you and stirring. And if this message touched you in any way, you could always send us a message at trainofaparent at gmail.com or you can engage with us on social media, train of a parent or training up arrows and Gabe you know, Palmer. You know, you, know, you, might, you don't want to follow me. You follow Emmy. <laughs> Uh, she's a lot more fun to follow. <laughs>